0: or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City.
1: Herteen and Stalker making memories.
0: HawkFanatic.com
2: brought to you by Patrick Eads and his staff at Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln on Mormon Trek. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for cars. Suple's Citing and Remodeling, GT car and his crew. Suple's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROWS. Big Dog Satellite, Internet and Solar, don't call an 800 number. Call Kevin and his crew at Big Dog, a Premier Dish authorized retailer, at 338-6600. Her teen and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Premier Automotive in North Liberty, the Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas. Dirk Sterner Taxidermy, and Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Tom Suter and Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com. And we've got uh, Coach Don Patterson on the phone.
3: Well, good morning, Coach. How are you doing today? Good
4: morning, Tom. How are you doing? How's Uh, Pat doing? Not bad, not bad. Hanging
5: in there, Don. Hanging in there.
4: Yeah, the sun still came up, didn't
5: it? It actually did. I had to wear sunglasses on my in there. It was hindering (laughs) my ability to see. (laughs) It was bright and sunny.
4: It was a long day for Iowa fans and... um, um credit to wisconsin they they simply outplayed us and and uh, I remember a week ago saying this: I said, if Wisconsin runs the ball fifty one times against us like they did Purdue, we're in trouble mm-hmm. well, they didn't run at fifty one but they did run at forty eight mm-hmm. and forty eight is getting uncomfortably close to fifty one
5: yeah yep they so di-
4: we allowed them to play the way they prefer to play, mm-hmm. we didn't didn't make them play left handed and um, the results speak for themselves. Um, here's another thing I said a week ago that you guys remember. I said, here's one way to identify the losing team. Um, both quarterbacks in the course of the game, I'm, I'd like to believe, are going to be uncomfortable. But the one that's the most uncomfortable mm-hmm. is going to be representing the losers. And there's no doubt that our guy was more uncomfortable than theirs.
5: Without question.
4: Yeah, and um, that's kind of a quick summary of what happened
5: on Saturday, I guess. Well, Don, and some of that, of course, was Spencer's fault. He did not play well. He missed some open receivers, but he hardly had any time. And I think, to me, let's just start with the offensive line just does not seem to be progressing. Is that fair to say? I mean, they and everyone's like, well, it's young. Well, they started a fifth-year senior and two fourth-year juniors with Jack Plum playing They're not that young. They're not that young. That can't be an issue. What is wrong with the offensive line, in your opinion, right now?
4: Well, uh, the main thing that was wrong with them Saturdays, they were playing a really, really good Wisconsin defense. I, I want to give credit to Wisconsin. Uh, here's a comment I made. UW's pass rush is so difficult to block because they come at you from all different angles, mm-hmm. and you have no alert as to who's coming. Uh, a simple example, you know, they're a 3-4 defense, that's what we call them, or an odd front, if you will. They play with three down guys. They have two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers. But honest to God, number five might come more often than either one of the outside linebackers. Uh, so you simply don't know who's coming. And then just because the linebacker, the inside linebacker, Chanel is rushing uh, doesn't mean there are extra rushers even. He might be one of four rushers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you might be dropping both outside linebackers. So the one of the problems that any quarterback runs into is difficult to know for sure. Sometimes you end up losing a, a back that you thought you were going to have because he ends up blocking a guy that we didn't think was going to come. Uh, and then the other thing that happens, they're just so athletic. And uh, Here's one thing we could have done Saturday. Looking back, we did not do it. Uh, but you're a little nervous about doing it with inexperienced mm-hmm. players, and even if they're... Old in terms of eligibility, if they haven't gotten a lot of starts in a hostile environment, you're hesitant to change up snap counts. That's what I was going to mention. One thing that might have taken the edge off their rush would be to catch them with a few hard counts, and we didn't do that. And one reason we didn't, I suspect, is we were worried about false starting ourselves. And of course, that's there's really no excuse because you had an extra week to even practice hard counts if that's going to be part of your plan. So you should be able to snap the ball on a hard count and catch somebody offside if they're trying to anticipate your snap. And I think Wisconsin does a really good job of doing that, in particular, Chanel. Uh, you know, a lot of the time when the ball snaps, he's an inch or two away from the line of scrimmage. Mm, he's good. Uh, and he's coming. You know, he's timing up his stunt, his charge, so that he's right there in the neutral zone in no time at all. Uh, very athletic and, and – Uh, He's a a difficult assignment for any lineman to block. One thing you can do to assist with that, instead of trying to man-block people, which I simply mean it means you're taking a normal pass set and and, um, you're trying to sift through all the guys that are rushing as best you can and assign them in a logical way. Uh, But that's hard to do for two reasons. One is you don't know for sure who's coming. And two is they're just coming hell-bent for election, and it's just hard to keep them out. Uh, One thing you can do, you can gap protect. Uh, You know, it simply means if you're an offensive lineman, you're either going to protect the gap to your inside or your outside. Everybody's going to step in the same direction. The negative with that, of course, that simply is a sound solution for quick passes, but not for longer passes down the field. Mm -hmm. And one of my disappointments is we didn't, uh, and when you go in, it's really, really important to get off to a good start against these guys. It was important to do the same of course against Purdue but uh, for different reasons it was important against Wisconsin. Oh, and Charlie Jones returned because the Wisconsin opening kick 40. Yeah. Yes. They're going to do a really really good job of shortening the game.
5: Well, Don member, they're going to run the
4: ball down your throat if they have a chance to do it. And Charlie I'm Jones sorry, somebody had a question.
5: Well, I was just saying Charlie Jones returned the opening kick 45 yards. I mean, they had great field yeah, position but, and they went absolutely. 3
4: and out. Charlie had a great kick return. All of a sudden we've got outstanding field position to start the game. 3 and out. And here's an example of disappointment on my part. Our first snap, you might recall, Pat, was empty.
5: Mm -hmm. Yes.
4: And here's the problem. I don't have any problem with empty on third and long, you know, because you're putting people in position to run routes and catch a pass down the field. Sure. Uh, But the problem with doing it on first down, if you're Iowa, you might as well get a megaphone and announce (laughs) to Wisconsin you know, we're going to throw the ball, so go ahead and tee-off as best you can. You know, if you can get to us with your pass rush, then good for you. And um, because my point is, when, when uh, teams like uh, Nebraska go empty, that does not eliminate the possibility of a run. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because we all know that Martinez can run the ball yes. and does.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But when we go empty, it means pass. Uh, if you really wanted to throw them off, we should have gone empty and run cue draw because nobody in the stadium would have expected that. And I'm not saying it would have worked, of course, because that's not Spencer's strength, is to run the football. Uh, But at least we would have had the element of surprise if we would have done it on first down because uh, the formation screamed
5: out that we're going to throw the ball. Well, and he did score on a, what was that, about a seven-yard QB draw against Colorado State, mm-hmm. I believe it was. So, so yeah, that yes, first se- yeah. That first series, Don, was just so deflated. Another thing I want to, there's a lot of talk now. I mean, Tyrone Tracy had one catch for six yards. He's got 13 catches, I think, for 89 yards this year. He's had some drops, I will admit. But, I mean, are you surprised at how little he's a part of the offense now? Is it his fault from what you can see? Is he not getting open? Or how do you, how do you explain what's going on? He had 36 catches to your.
4: Well, ago. We, we don't have any idea what's happening in practice. We do know what happened in the games. If you went back and charted every ball that was thrown this season, then that would be a challenge to do that because mm-hmm. it would be a lot of video.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: The one thing I'm pretty sure of is that Tyrone has more drops percentage wise than any other receiver that's gotten any significant okay. playing time.
5: Some others have told me that on I Twitter, did- too. I'm sorry? Well, some others have said that. That's the narrative. You know, he's had a lot of drops. He's. Some guy said he saw some study that says he has the most drops per targets on the team. So I guess that is a factor.
4: Yeah, I don't doubt for a second that that's the case. Um, I remember vividly, and I can't recall the game. It was, it was either Colorado State or Kent State. It was clear we made a real effort to get the ball to Tyrone's hands. Mm-hmm. And we got very modest results. I think we had... Maybe eight targets for 43 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and there were a play or two for sure where you said, "Well, that's certainly on Tyrone." One was an example of a drop pass. Another one was, I believe, a bubble screen, where, um, or a jailbreak screen. I believe he was actually working back inside rather yeah. than outside. I remember
5: what you were the play.
4: Yeah, and he he made a cut that was a little bit too sharp, and as a result, he lost his footing and went down. Yeah. And of course, it's on it's on you as the ball carrier to keep your feet, and, and uh, there's really not any – it wasn't a slippery turf or anything. It, it was a dry turf. So um, fundamentally, you make a cut as only as sharp as you're able to do so. And, okay. And uh, you learn that, of course, in practice, and you learn it in games too. But but anyway, I, the point that comes to mind, we really made an effort to get in the ball. It had modest results from that. That was probably discouraging from a, a play-calling standpoint and mm-hmm. from a, a snap standpoint. And in the meantime, of course, you've got, let's face it, one of the most promising guys on Saturday in our entire offense was Keegan Johnson.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, so you've got the other guys competing for snaps, too, uh, like our two freshman receivers. You know, they've gotten pretty darn good results based on the number of targets they've had. Okay. Uh, you know, to me, one of the most inspirational plays on Saturday was the reverse to Keegan because he just didn't gain a few yards with it. He gained 12 yards mm-hmm. in the red zone. hmm Uh, All of a sudden, it looked like he might even score on the dang play, because when he turned downhill, man, he ran through a couple of tackles also.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: So um, you know that's got it. And no shock to you that they we throw a ball, we throw a slant route to Keegan later in the game. He catches it and makes a good play with that too. Yeah. So you know, if you want the ball a lot, you gotta you gotta demonstrate that you can do something with it. Okay. Uh, Above and beyond other players on your team, because otherwise. The targets are going to keep going. to guys like Keegan Johnson and and guys like number 84 because LaPorte is a guy that I thought played. I was proud of Sam because he played hard all the way through. Even in the fourth quarter when we were discouraged, he was still run blocking uh, in a major way. And he was still doing everything he could to get open and catch passes. Uh, You know, I was proud of him for his mental toughness. It seemed as if he might have more mental toughness than the average starter for us. uh, and another guy that comes to mind that still played another good game was Jack Kerner. But as you know, if you're, if your free safety is your leading tackler,
1: yep. he had
4: nine solo tackles in the game. That's a really bad sign. Cause that means we didn't get the tackle from within the front seven.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And, one of, and, um, and again, credit to Wisconsin for making it difficult for our front seven to make a lot of tackles. It was a problem.
5: One of the reasons I asked about Tyrone and uh, I was talking to Tom, his, both of his brothers, who I believe play at Miami of Ohio,
3: what one does and the other is not Miami of Ohio, but I don't. It's it's not uh, power five. I don't. They're believe. both
5: um, on Twitter complaining about Tyrone not being used and how the coaches are. You saw him, Tom. Yeah. I mean, right. and and I just you worry about. I, mean, I remember you had the Noah Fant with his brother's situation and that seeped into the program. You worry about stuff like that. Tyrone hasn't shown any. To me, I haven't seen any. Bad body language. Now, Tom, you were at the game. I don't know. Did you see the incident with
3: Xavier Williams on the bench? I did not. No, I did not. I was uh, you across the it? field from the, the Hawkeyes. No, I did not.
5: Well, I mean, there was a, 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 there was a time where Xavier Williams had to be calmed down by Joe Evans and then LeVar Woods, he slammed his helmet down on the sideline. I'd never seen anything like it before, Don. I mean, he slammed his helmet down on the sideline. Then he went and sat down with Joe Evans with his arms wrapped around him saying, you can tell he was just trying to calm him down. And then LeVar Woods had to come over there and calm him down. He went back in the game, but it was just a weird moment. I've never seen an Iowa football player slam his helmet down on the sideline before. Why did he? I don't know. I mean, I, I, mean, I have no idea. And you just worry yeah, about I stuff like that. that.
4: I'm not sure that the, the game tape, I'm sorry, the TV tape, I don't know for sure that that would explain why. The only reason I say that is I looked at it. It took me about five hours to look at the game because <laughs> i realizing I didn't have any coach's version. I, I was back in a place to look at him a second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, stopping it from time to time to make some notes about the game. I wasn't aware of anything that happened. Was Xavier? Was it? I'm assuming it was. A, was it a specialty team snap? Maybe the no. It was just. It was. Sure.
5: It was in between plays. There was no play. It, it, he was coming off from special teams, and I just looked over there, and and I could see Joe Evans talking to him. But then the reason I started noticing it is because he slammed his helmet down on the ground. And I'm like, whoa. So, me and some other people in the press box just kind of kept watching. And they eventually calmed him down. And he went back in the game and he played. I mean, it's not like, I mean, it was, but it was just a short emotional outburst. You just don't see that a Mm-mm. lot during a game. And let's face it, I mean, he transferred from you and I, I think, with hopes of playing. And, they went down to their fourth cornerback who I thought I thought Jamari Harris actually played okay. I mean, I I number twenty-seven down, I he wasn't <laughs> by any means a star, but I thought he held his own. And it was just an incident. And but it took LeVar Woods to kind of calm him down. And it worked, though. They eventually yeah. calmed him down. I want to emphasize that. Yeah. I just but what I'm saying though is is with Tyrone's brother, do you worry about, you know, the outside influences or do you worry when you're losing? Do you worry about players? Getting upset, and do you worry about the chemistry at all? What if you're Kirk? Do you worry about that, or do you just keep moving forward?
4: Well, you certainly address it. You address it on some level. You know, it might it might simply be the position coach that thinks he can handle it uh, by meeting with that individual, or maybe even as a group. You know, within his position group. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you address it either through a position coach or through a head coach. Uh, And it's I I, I, I get frustrated with social media. Well, that's exactly. uh, I mean. very because when things aren't going well, that's invariably when people start chirping. And um and then, frankly in so many cases they don't really know what the hell they're talking about. Uh and I'm not saying that's well it's just sure brothers. A case yeah. Yeah. uh related um to um to Tyrone, but but I suspect it is. You know, I I think I think if you were at practice every day you'd have a better idea of why Tyrone doesn't get more targets than he's getting right now. Uh, I think Tom still had significant snaps. I know he's out there. Oh, he there. still plays Certainly a lot. A, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
4: How much? I'm sorry? Oh, he
5: still plays. I mean, he That's starts. He's, yeah, he's in the rotation. He's just not getting targets. But he's out on the field a lot. He's out on the field more than Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce. And But
4: he's just yeah. not being targeted. Sometimes it's simply a case, of course, of a, of a defender doing a good job of taking away a specific player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not necessarily that the quarterback is just giving up on the guy. Uh, you know, the quarterback only has one football in his job, and it's a difficult job. We all know that. Sure. There are people coming at him that don't really like him at all, and yet he's got to try to figure out in a couple of seconds who deserves the ball the most. And when I say deserves the ball, part of that equation is productivity when you get it, of course. Sure. Good point. You're gonna. We all know that that Spencer has a lot of confidence in Sam. Well, it's not surprising that if anybody gets the ball in a in – a, tight window it's more likely to be sam because sam's proven that let's face it the first first down of the game for us shortly before the half was a really really tight throw to sam yes it was mm-hmm.
5: and a good catch Yeah, i mean sam
4: did a great job to even control the ball and catch it yes uh, and you could argue that spencer probably had a guy that was more open than sam but you know he any quarterback would tend to go with the guys that are producing for him uh, and you got to factor in the coverage itself and whether or not there's time to make that particular throw or whether or not, of course, there's a good opportunity to fit it into a tight spot. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think the best indication for exactly how Tyrone feels is to go back and look at how he played. If he's playing with, uh, something less than great enthusiasm, then that's a problem, you know, because that's not the way you play football. And I haven't seen that, um, uh,
5: Go ahead. Well, I haven't seen that. I have not seen him with Bod Batty. Have you, Tom? I, I'm not specifically I, watching, no. but I haven't seen him pouting or getting into the coaches or anything. And he, you know, he's out there blocking downfield. He seems to be doing everything. And that wasn't him that tweeted that stuff. But my guess is his brothers let him know. He, you think he did that without his? You think his brothers did that without letting him know they were doing that, Tom?
3: I have no idea.
5: I mean, uh, if you had to guess, I, I
3: think it's a bad. It's a bad scene. Oh, I, I think it's think bad. They they and, like I it. agree with
5: Don. Social media. Yeah can be a problem when it does, it creates distractions that weren't there 15, 20 years ago and something you have to deal with.
4: Yeah. I would hope if, if Tyrone finds out about it and I suspect one way or the other, he'll find out about oh, it. He,
1: oh yeah. Uh, yeah maybe he, he knew
4: about it before the stuff was even posted. Maybe it was directly related to a conversation with Tyrone, but I don't oh. know that. I certainly don't uh, suspect that that's the case. Maybe it's just a brother's observation. He wants his, his brother to play more. Oh, I think that's a big so part. He, of sure. He yeah. expresses himself. Uh, but I do know this. If, um, if Tyrone's not somewhat responsible for it by talking directly to his brother, I would hope that Tyrone, I would expect that Tyrone would pick up the phone and call his brother and say, hey, listen, do me a favor and knock that off because yeah. you're not helping this football team. And I would simply tell the brother or Tyrone, if Tyrone was uh, so upset, I would simply say, Tyrone, you've lost sight of the fact. This is not about you. It's about our team. And, and your job is to be a good teammate. And, um, and if you're not catching the ball enough, then you need to inspire more confidence in our quarterbacks that you're, gonna, you're the person that deserves the ball. Uh, and it, that involves catching it every time. It, it involves doing something with it after you catch it. So, Don,
5: in a way, in like two years ago, could he have been benefiting from – Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith, he Absolutely. was kind of the third, He was sort of the third or fourth target. He had five catches for 130 yards at Wisconsin two years ago, but they were probably focused a lot on Amir and Brandon Smith, I would assume. Can't that be part of it too?
4: It could be. Uh, honestly, though, if you're Wisconsin, I don't think you're any more concerned about Tyrone than any other receiver because okay. it's not as if he gets the ball a lot. Okay. Yeah. I, it's just um, weird though how he so went from. I think from, they played it pretty straight up. I don't think they were over. No, they weren't. Over they were concerned about Tyrone.
3: Look, uh, coach. I guess one of the things that concerned me the most is Iowa had two weeks to prepare for for Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin has not had a particularly good year. They have played better lately, but they have not had a good year, but we had two weeks to get ready for them, And offensively, it looked like absolutely no wrinkles whatsoever. And defensively, uh, we made Mertz look like Tom Brady most of the
4: game. What? Yeah, he looked very comfortable. I think he might have been picking his teeth a couple of times back there before he threw the ball. So what? Why um, can't
3: we get any any heat on on the opposing quarterback? Is it just uh, that we're, we well, don't? Well,
4: I think our pass rush has struggled more. He wasn't sacked all day, right? He wasn't sacked. I even don't once. believe so. Huh? No, he I wasn't. Know, no, he was only really, he was really pressured.
5: Yeah, he did throw for about a hundred and five. I, I mean, he was good, but he, it's not like he shredded the defense. With, I mean, Wisconsin only had two hundred But as
3: Donnie said, he looked comfortable. Well, because there was no
5: pass rush. But what yeah. I'm saying is, it's not like he shredded the Iowa defense Mm-mm. with passes throughout Mm-mm. the game. I mean, they barely needed; they you know? they had enough to do play action to help the run. But yeah, Don, the pass rush. Iowa's losing these games up front on both sides. Yes, right now it's, it's starting there, exactly. and I didn't expect to see. Uh,
4: that. Let me let me remind you this. You're right. They they basically threw the ball when they wanted to yeah but let's not forget that first touchdown drive eight play eight play 65 yards that was his best three runs and five passes yeah and then i think they threw Uh, six passes for us of play action for the touchdown third and one on the four-yard line Mm -hmm. Uh, i will i did make this observation on that first drive they seemed to be going after harris a little bit early in the game Mm -hmm. uh he was simply a little soft on coverage that's to be expected he hadn't played much uh, he wanted to be sure he wasn't beaten, of course, deep. So he was a little off with his coverage, and that made it a little bit easier to throw and catch in front of him. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of those balls for sure were thrown his way. Uh, I do think he settled in and played better as the game went on, mm-hmm. and from start to finish, I, I'd say he certainly gave a decent account of himself. I agree. That didn't get us beat, the fact that they went after yeah, no, with the passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was a little bit of a factor on that opening drive, that touchdown. So the one thing that drive did, Wisconsin made a statement saying, if you think you can load up and take away our run, mm-hmm. you better think twice about it because we've already demonstrated on this first drive that we can go and catch the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think that took the edge a little bit off our plan, maybe, to, um, you know, to pack the box even more and expose our uh, DBs even more than what we otherwise would want to do.
5: No, good point. Um
4: you know, another thing that hurt us in the course of the game, it's unusual for this to be part of an Iowa, Iowa game, but we had we had three significant uh, unforced errors. Um, that's not like us. One of, them, one of them I'm talking about is simply uh, a flag for a legal shift. Uh Bum comes out of his stance, yeah, and we mm-hmm. have motion on that same play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flag flies, of course. You might say it's only a five-yard penalty. But it was on first down. It did create first and 15. And let's face it, we're struggling to make the first down on three plays and 10 yards, and 15 yards is going to be damn near impossible the way the mm-hmm. way that game had started. Yeah. Uh, so that was a key mistake because even a five-yard penalty, of course, can kill a drive. And then the two big ones, of course, uh, the muffed exchange uh, oh, yeah, involving no. um, our backup running back. Ivory uh, Kelly. Uh, yeah. and, and the muff punt. So um I missed the uppercut. Of course, because they were both in the red zone. Who missed it? Who? Well, it was was it Cooper? I can't. Remember. I believe it was yes, Cooper. Max Cooper was yeah. in. Charlie okay. had gotten a little dinged up, I guess. He got hit in Max the eye, in. poked uh, in the eye. Yeah. Uh, you know, Max is a great young man. I know there's nobody on the team that's more from determined to do well for Iowa football than Max. Um, the only negative thing that comes to mind. The only way I can maybe help Max to deal with it, <clears throat> I think it's safe to say you heard me say. I don't know that Charlie is ever going to muff a punt. You know, his hands are that good. I would suspect if you charted a Max in the entire season and Charlie on the entire season in filling punts, my guess is Charlie has an edge. Max is good at filling them. I suspect Charlie would chart even higher. Charlie would probably chart 98%. And Max might come in at 94% mm. or 96%. Uh, but here's the message to Max. If I was in charge of Max as a punt returner, I would say Max, ninety-four percent is good, but Charlie's at ninety-eight. So what that means, I judge it by the ones you drop. That means you're going to drop three times as many as as Charlie. So your goal should be somehow to catch a hundred in a row, and that's hard to do, of course, because it is the it is the most difficult skill in football is filling a punt,
1: mm-hmm.
4: especially one with good hang time, and that one had good hang time. And of course, the cover guy was pretty close by when he when he was. Um, pulling away from running into Max, uh, it wasn't a foul. You know, it shouldn't have been called as a foul. It was simply a muff, but there was a distraction of a Wisconsin player,
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, you know, passing by within a yard or two.
5: The one with them. And, yes, um, yes
4: there was. It was a simple muff, you know, but believe me, Max is a very conscientious punt returner. Uh, it, it, you know, it's going to bother him more than any single Iowa fan or any single Iowa coach mm-hmm. uh, because he has great intentions. And uh, he's a wonderful young man, and he didn't do it on purpose. Sometimes, Coach Fry used to remind remind the players. We, he would tell them, "Listen, I know none of you guys had made a mistake today on purpose. We know that. We just encourage you to to correct your mistakes as best you can. We're going to help you with that. That's our job as coaches. Um, and we we love you regardless of a bad outcome on on Saturday. Um, but let's just be determined to eliminate any and all mistakes. And of course. Uh, I the same way. Ivory's a great young man. Ivory's one of the leaders on this football team. I understand he's the backup running back. I but don't he's know about still a now. Guy that. Represents Iowa football in the best possible way.
5: Don, I have a feeling. Uh,
4: I will say this as the backup running back. If I was coaching running backs, I wouldn't put him in the game on the minus two yard line. Um, simply because I do recall there was another fumble down in yeah. the black zone too issue. It
3: was, as I recall, I, I believe yes. that was one of,
4: Ivory's fumble, so i wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to repeat that scenario i wouldn't want to add any extra pressure. yeah, i being in the game. I'm thinking right um, go ahead, you know it's entirely possible, of course, that Tyler would have fumbled on that same play. We don't know, but we we do know this uh Tyler demonstrated on how many times he carries the ball, is really good at protecting the ball He's, he It appears his ball security is better than ivory and for that reason alone, I wouldn't put Ivory in the game. On the minus ten yard line.
5: I don't think. I don't think Ivory's going to be the backup. I think it's Gavin Williams. I, 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 That's just my hunch. I think he. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. Just by Kirk's reaction afterwards and what. I could be wrong, yeah, but I have a feeling. Be. I have a feeling Gavin Williams. It
4: could is, be, and frankly, if I'm Ivory's parents. I can't hold a grudge against oh, the no. coaches. Because they've given him
5: plenty of chances. you got to perform. Yeah. No, they've given him plenty of chances, and that
4: was a bad yeah. one. Yeah, and he'll still have a role, of course. He'll, he'll still be doing a great job in our punting game, kick covered returns. Puns. Yep, yeah. Uh, he'll still be returning kicks, I suspect, because he's proven he's good at mm-hmm. it. Just a week ago, he we had a long, wonderful kick return.
1: Yeah. And, uh,
4: but, you know, it's... It's a team game and it's not about it's not about Aubrey. It's not about Tyrone, it's all about the team.
5: And that was on him. I mean the, you, the the handoff looked clean. It looked like it went right into his chest. He just didn't he just didn't wrap around the ball. At least from my point of view from where I was looking. I
4: think you're right. He said he didn't I, I feel it. Back. Anytime there was a missed exchange between a quarterback and a running back, or for that matter, between a center and a quarterback, talking about a snap of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, a direct snap, you know, when the quarterback's under the center, I always had the mindset, it's never one person's fault. There's some fault that lies with sure, those. Sure, sure. So let's not sit here and point fingers at the other person. Let's just analyze what went wrong and let's correct it. Yeah. Maybe you, as a quarterback, you're only 10% responsible. You said... But if you have any responsibility relating to the turnover, then then you got to assume that responsibility. The mindset needs to be, let's get our heads together and figure out what went wrong. It did appear. I agree with you. I looked at it very carefully. Uh, Orlovsky's an old quarterback, the guy doing the the color on the game Mm -hmm. the the analysis. Uh, He simply stated, I think, what appeared to be true. Um, It wasn't on Spencer to any degree, if at all. It was on Ivory because he simply didn't close the box. Yeah, he just didn't close. He you said he didn't feel. Well, he did you see he, that? Because Ivory didn't. I, did. I, I the saw He didn't. Knows.
5: Ivory didn't meet with the media after the game, so I don't know where that I, came I from. I
3: saw it, but he said he never felt it.
5: But I think that's what Kirk said because Ivory didn't talk oh, to man. the media. So yeah, no Ivory. I don't want to be on Ivory. Wasn't he did not meet with the media after the game, so he didn't say that. So I don't know who said so that. It maybe was Kirk yeah. said it. Well, that was that's what was Kirk's explanation. But just to be clear, okay. Ivory was not made available to the media, so he didn't come out and say that. That's all I'm okay. saying, just for accuracy's
4: sake. Yeah, just to give you an idea of how practice goes, too. And of course, we had a week off for extra fundamental time. Um, you know, one of the things we always talked about as uh, as an offensive team uh, in the old days, um, we had a name for it even. We called it run tracks, and run tracks simply means. Ball carriers and quarterbacks are going to work a lot together just simply on the fundamental of exchanging the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, To the point where I would even say we could blindfold the quarterback and blindfold the running back, and they could probably make a clean exchange even though they had no idea where the other person was. Mm -hmm. Because that quarterback knows where the back's going to be, and vice versa. You know, so you've got to, that's how ingrained those exchanges oftentimes are. Um, You know, you might go an entire season and have one fumbled exchange between a quarterback and a center or between a quarterback and a running back. Um, But, of course, uh, it happened on Saturday. But if you look at it, you have to simply say, "It's kind of hard to explain, but it appears, you know, maybe there was simply a red jersey that kind of flashed in his face. Uh, And just for the record, somebody said, well, he he wasn't even looking for the ball. Running backs don't look for the ball. They simply make a pocket. Their eyes are on the... On the blockers and on the on the defenders, mm-hmm. uh, they simply close on the ball. They fill the ball on contact. Of course, they know when the ball is going to be seated. Uh, as I mentioned, it's it's almost such a thing they can do it with their eyes closed. And yet, for whatever reason, it appeared that he didn't close on the ball. At that moment, he didn't function as he normally would. It's almost second nature, but not quite.
1: Yeah,
5: and it really put the defense. I thought the defense, for the most part, I mean, it overcame a lot of adversity. It overcame a Mm -hmm. short – it just lived – in Wisconsin territory, and I thought it overcame a lot and gave them a chance to win. Now, now, Don, if you look at the offense right now, I mean, never mind the overreaction. I know fans are going to overreact. That's the, they have the right to do it. Social media makes it worse. I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me saying, "Well, I see us going one and three at best." I don't. I mean, I see them being three and one maybe at worst, two and two. I mean, this team still has a great chance of going ten and two if you look at the look at their remaining schedule. I'm not knocking any of the four teams, but three of them are below average minnesota's good but three of these teams are northwestern nebraska and illinois don i mean think you just got to kind of relax and exhale a little bit and just say you know, this season still has a lot of potential
4: very true very true and let's not forget this you know our fans make a big deal it seems like purdue has our number it seems like wisconsin has our number and i understand they might say that but let's not forget also it seems that iowa has Minnesota's number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Good point. Uh, and it seems like Iowa has Nebraska's, Nebraska's number. Mm-hmm. And
4: frankly, my opinion of these remaining four games, the two I'm most those two concerned about are Minnesota and Nebraska. Too. Now that doesn't mean Northwestern and Illinois are going to be easy, but I I certainly like our chances. If I was a betting man, it would be a really easy bet. I wouldn't agonize for a second as to who's going to win. Versus Northwestern or Illinois. Me, I'm uh, just mm-hmm. so you have an idea, I haven't gone through all the Saturday games because we had seven conference games, but I've gone through four of them already. And the the ones that surprised me a little bit, Rutgers versus Illinois, mm-hmm. that was not a fluke. Illinois won exactly one of the first 50, top fifteen parameters. Really, uh, Rutgers beat them in all kinds of ways. Rutgers outrushed rushed them. You wouldn't expect that. Illinois, is the same time, the team that ran the ball well against Penn State a week earlier. Um, they were even on turnovers, for the record. Uh, and then, then another game I'll, I'll look at that um, that really might surprise you a little bit, Michigan-Michigan State. You know, Michigan's kicking themselves because Michigan won more parameters than Michigan State did. Now, I will say this. There's a, there's a parameter that, that Michigan State won, and they routinely win it. It had a lot to do win it, with winning, and it's simply called explosive and super-explosive plays. Um, those can win a game for you. So even though they were inconsistent in so many ways, Michigan State still hit them with big plays. they running back had five touchdowns. And a lot of them were explosive and super explosive plays. So I guess my point is uh, I haven't looked yet at, at Minnesota. I suspect that Minnesota will have won almost every top 15 parameter versus Northwestern. I don't know that, but that's what I suspect. Wasn't that 41-7? to Final. Uh, convincingly beaten by Rutgers at home. Uh, Rutgers is better, of course, than they've been. Uh, incidentally, Maryland put a, 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 a true spanking on Indiana also. Indiana won a grand total of two, two parameters out of 15. So um, so I guess I'm, I'm still very concerned about Minnesota, but I also can take some solace in the fact that we seem to have their number. And we're playing in Kinnick, Man. and the game's going to matter a lot. It's going to matter a lot to both teams. So I'd rather be standing in Kirk Ferentz's shoes when the Gophers come to town because P.J. hadn't figured out a way to beat us.
5: Well, and he's also down to his fourth-team running back. That I think the Williams kid, their third team, they, he got carted off the field. But then their fourth-team running back came in and ran for over 100 yards. I mean, their depth at running back. And, Don, they have a great, great offensive, offensive line. line. Their offensive line is lights out, playing way better than Iowa's offensive line right now.
4: Right. Yeah. It won't be easy to beat Minnesota, don't get me wrong. But we found ways to do it in recent years, and sometimes it had not really been that close.
5: No, and what I'm saying is their schedule is so favorable right now, Iowa's. I mean, yeah, you can be mad at 6-2 and two and the fact they've been outscored 51-14 to 14 in the last two games, but the remaining four games are all four winnable. They're going to be favored in all four of these games, probably.
4: They are absolutely winnable, and, and let's just talk about I hate to even talk about uh, good outcomes overall from an overall standpoint because – you have to rely on other teams to cooperate and, and the right teams to win. Mm-hmm. But just to give you an idea of how simple it could be for us, if we went out and Minnesota beats Wisconsin, that would be Wisconsin's third loss. Mm-hmm. We would only end up with two, of course, and we would give Minnesota their second loss. Mm-hmm. So we would tie with Minnesota and head to head we would we would represent. It yeah. could be that simple.
5: Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, there are all
4: kinds of other games, of course, that could play out differently than what people expect. Uh, but I guess I just simply want to point out, all is not lost. I would like to see us adjust our thinking in terms of trying to make big plays, because we we need to try to manufacture big plays on offense, and we're not doing that, and it's frustrating. And so, if I had any uh, request of of the offensive coaches, it would be, you know, put a little extra time into try to come up trying to come up with plays that the other team has never seen. And plays that you have a good indication will work simply because you got the video to prove it.
3: Well, we had two weeks to do that and they didn't do
4: it. Well, and maybe that's a wake up call to the offensive <laughs> staff. We better we better do a better we can't just run up we can't show up and run the same place. Okay. Because other teams yeah. defend those yeah. plays that we run the most. Okay, Donna. And um I know that, that comment was made after the game. We just we just run our same place. You know, we just Rely on really good execution on those same plays. Mm. I'm sorry, that's not, that's not doing everything you can to help your team.
1: Mm.
4: You know, you need to be able to study and learn from other video and run plays maybe that the other team has never seen. <clears throat> One reason they work, of course, there's that element of surprise. Nobody's done it to them. And, and um, it's all about great game planning. I'm not saying that we don't always conduct good game planning, but it needs to be better than good. It needs to be great.
5: Well, there's been um, some talk about oh, you know, if they just got rid of Brian, the offense would change. No, it wouldn't. No. The, I mean, Don, this no. is Kirk's offense. I mean, yeah, the coordinators run it, but it hasn't. It's not much different under Brian than it was under Ken, than it was. It was a little different under Greg. He did more, but Kirk has an idea of how he wants his offense to look, right? I mean, yes, he has a coordinator and he doesn't mic, but it's Kirk Ferentz's offense, right? Doesn't he have to have final approval? He's the head coach.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh- I would suspect during the course of the game, at key points in time, um, you know, Kirk may not tell Brian what play to call, but he certainly might say, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, this comes to mind, third and third and two mm-hmm. on the plus 41. I'm talking about that. That was really a turning point in the game. We ran potty bomb twice. Yes. A uh, third and two, it wouldn't shock me at all if Kirk said at that moment before the play went on the field simply, you just say a few words, you got fourth down, and what that would mean to Brian, you got fourth down simply means we're going to go for it on fourth down, Mm -hmm. and I I, I want that to maybe be part of your third down thinking. Uh, I don't know that that happened. Maybe Kirk didn't say that, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did, because that's what a head coach oftentimes might do. He's just trying to help the play caller out by saying, just so you know, I've already made up my mind, we're not going to try to kick a long field goal We're going to go for it. So he's just simply offering input that might affect the play caller's decision.
5: And of course, I've got hindsight right now, and I had no problem with the third and two. It was the fourth and one after the timeout to pot That of course I'm using hindsight to second guess. And Don, I got a question. They've had four fourth and ones now. Well, a a third, three fourth and ones, and a but fourth and shorts, three fourth and shorts, and they've twice they went to the quarterback sneak and they went to the fullback twice. If I'm Tyler Goodson, am I saying you know? what about me, try me just once? Or is his history of sort of dancing around holes when instead of putting his head down, do you think that's Kirk's concern? Because it just seems weird that they won't give him at least one chance to get a first down on a fourth and one or a third and second or something. Or is that just me reading into it and it's really not that unusual?
4: Well, I think, you know, Tyler's a wonderful back. He's our best back. But I think if you want to give an honest assessment of Tyler – would you say it's a strength or weakness that he can pull forward for an extra yard or two? Oh, no, I'm with no. you. That's uh, what I'm just, asking. It's just who he is. Of course, he's not a big, strong guy. He doesn't weigh 240 pounds. Uh,
5: But do you always have to go into the teeth uh, of the defense on fourth and one? Can you maybe surprise them and pitch it to Goodson and watch them get outside? I see that happen all the time. But with Iowa, it seems like they constantly, we're just going to get right into the teeth and, by God, we're going to get it just on sure will.
4: And it's not working. Yeah, you could certainly argue that we were stubborn to run the same play twice. And the unusual um, circumstance, of course, is that a week before, we also ran the same play twice. It didn't work, yes. But we... The point is we came back with the same play. I'll say it this way. If we did it against Purdue running consecutive sneaks, is it hard to imagine that they might not turn around and give it to the fullback again on fourth down
1: mm-hmm.
4: as they did on third down? Uh, you know, there's a there's a demonstration one game earlier that we might, we might do that. Uh, to be honest with you, one of the things I was hoping for as a, an old play caller, uh, and here's my point, even if we make that first down on third and two, Uh, what's the guarantee that we're going to make another first down, you know, because it's been, it was difficult. Let's face it. It was very difficult for us to string together two or three first downs.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: Uh, And here's the reality. There's four minutes left in the third quarter. We got 19 minutes left in the game. Wisconsin's running the football effectively again, like they always do against people. I was hoping for play action and a chunk play on third and two, Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
4: knowing that even if we don't hit the play, we're going to turn around and go for it anyway on fourth down. And let's face it, fourth and two is not much different than fourth and one.
5: No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right about that.
4: So I was hoping for a play-action pass on third and two. I realize that's an out-of-the-ordinary out call, but I think that's one reason it has a great chance to be successful is because they don't expect it. What we really needed at that point in the game is a, is a, a chunk play into the end zone or for, at least for a long gain or into the red zone uh, that, would, that would cut it to a one-score game in you know? short order, maybe on that very play. We'll never know because we didn't do it. I do recall this. On both snaps, we were looking at a nine-man box. There were nine guys in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one. We only had one wide receiver on the field. They the corner right was pressed it. up on him. Well, obviously, we got some kind of chance just on a simple fade route, play-action, go route oh. down the field. Uh, and then there was a free safety back in there that could help out. But let's face it, if it's a play-action pass, He's headed toward the line of scrimmage also. Uh, and we, we did have we had certainly had a great opportunity to have one on one coverage outside. Well, okay, Don here's uh, my of course we didn't we didn't have to line up just with one receiver. That's what we did. We lined up in a flank of formation.
5: Well here's my question then. Um then they need to get a running back that they can use on fourth and ones and third and twos. I mean if it's Gavin Williams, I think Tyler's really good too, but it seems like they have no faith in him, and they're either going to go with a fullback or Spencer, who I don't think is very good at quarterback sneaks, to be honest with you. I think he's okay. But then they need to get Gavin Williams at 205 or 210, somebody that can get them one yard off tackle or maybe instead of just constantly going behind Linderbaum up the middle and hope that you can push the yeah. pile. Is that asking too much? Yeah,
1: here's
4: a good example. Let's just, to, let's just look to Wisconsin's running backs. Here's a good example. If it's fourth and one, and I'm Paul Christ. I would rather have number zero in the game sure, mm-hmm. than Malusi. Yes, yes. I would rather sure. have that freshman. That yes. freshman phenom that's 240 pounds.
1: Because
4: mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's going to be hard to stop for a gain of one. It doesn't matter what happens up front with the line. Even if we hit him in the backfield, he's still got a chance to gain that hard yard.
1: Yeah,
5: that's
4: yeah. – So, you're right. If we have a back that's a little more like, like uh, number zero for Wisconsin, then even if he's a spot player, I'm not opposed to putting him in the game if – you know, maybe it is Gavin Williams. Maybe it's the other Williams. Well, yeah. um, you know, you're right. I mean, how do you find that out? You find it out in practice. You find it out by saying, okay, we're only going to scrimmage four snaps here, but they're all short yardage, and this is good against good, and we're going to get an idea of how Gavin Williams runs the ball uh, if he if we ask him to do it in a key situation against Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, I have been impressed with Gavin. I don't think you could call Gavin a, a dancer. You know, he's more of a mm-hmm. slasher, if you will. He's mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a good, strong guy. Um, you know, he probably does have a chance to push forward for that extra hard yard. Okay,
3: now we're, we're talking about four plays where we needed a yard for the most part, and we're talking about the running backs, the quarterback. Where We're not saying there's no place for these guys to run. There's no... Hole. There's there's nothing there. and One of the reasons is because Wisconsin had nine guys in the box, but um, it's just frustrating because there's nowhere for the, the running backs to go, and it doesn't matter who it is, does it?
4: Well, you are right about one thing, Tom. Oftentimes you see it on the goal line. Everybody's packed in there to defend what they think is going to be an up the gut uh, running play. And sometimes if if a, a runner bounces the ball outside, or for that matter just takes a sweep, mm-hmm. uh, I mean runs a toss sweep, Oftentimes he almost walks into the end zone because yeah. everybody's jammed up inside. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
5: that's exactly. But it just seems like they insist on going up the middle. But like I said, it's easy to use hindsight. If you're Kirk right now, Don, I mean, Iowa's offense is last in the Big Ten in a lot of – I mean, in most categories, in mean, a lot of categories or near, near the bottom. What do you say to Brian right now? Because he's not only your coordinator, but he's also your son. Or does that matter in situations like can you separate the two – I mean, because obviously you don't want to overreact either. As bad as things feel right now, they've still won twelve of their last fourteen games. So these people out there saying right. that Kirk needs to fire Brian and make changes—Kirk needs ridiculous. to retire. Kirk needs—that uh, yeah. stuff's all ridiculous. You need to take a step back. They've won twelve of fourteen, but the offense is a mess right now. I mean, Tom, do you agree? Well,
4: well, completely i would simply say this, and you had the extra week, so I know that that all the coaches on offense are aware. Uh, I simply notice this. I don't think. I don't think that Penn State beats Wisconsin or I don't think Michigan beats Wisconsin without super-explosive plays. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: If you go back and look, both those teams beat Wisconsin with 30- and 40- and 50-yard plays. You don't make 30- and 40- and 50-yard plays against Wisconsin unless you're trying to do it. You're not just going to run for 50 yards on a play. Um, Typically, that's not going to happen. Uh, in almost every case, those were passes, not runs. I think probably they were all passes.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Three for Wisconsin. I remember this distinctly. Um, I'm sorry. Three for Penn State. Three for Michigan. Uh, they were all thirty-something, forty-something, and fifty-something-yard plays. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's how Wisconsin lost the game in the fourth quarter. They turned the ball over and they couldn't defend the deep chunk passes. Um, and we we honestly don't know if they defend chunk passes anymore because we didn't try them no you're right and i realized one concern is that we're going to run out of time and that's why i recommend play action passes because that slows down the pass rush obviously they don't, they expect to run it's first down mm-hmm. maybe it's a run formation maybe it's third down and two and they're in another run formation mm-hmm. that's a great time to go play action because nobody's thinking pass rush
5: mm-hmm. so what do you think of padilla in the brief time I mean, he played a little over half a quarter what do you think of him when he was in there
4: well, I, uh, I'll say this for him. He looked pretty decisive with his with his receiver selection. Um, he looked kind of as we thought he would. He looked pretty light on his feet. You know, he's above average as a runner. Um, I'm not saying he's, you know, he's not Martinez. He's not that good a runner. Um, but you'd have to say it appears he's got a little more escapability than Spencer. Oh, that's for, for sure. sure. Um, or you could even argue he's got a lot more escapability. But uh, I thought he looked... Pretty calm under the circumstances. He made a couple of nice throws. He was three to six. He demonstrated some escapability. He didn't look. It didn't look like the field was too big for him. The moment was too big for him. He was out there processing what they were doing and and flinging the ball. And in general, he. I don't recall that Wisconsin touched any of those passes. I think he he made pretty good decisions with those throws. And in a couple of cases, he made really nice throws. He mm-hmm. was he uh, he bought some time and that played a. The Sam was a really nice play, a nice throw on his part. Um, I've heard some people say I don't think Spencer could have made that throw because he kind of made it on the run, and uh, it was a pretty play that uh, that worked out in our favor. And uh, you could also argue, though, of course, that the pressure was off of, of uh, Padilla in some ways because yeah. the game was mm-hmm. the score was already settled. I'm sure Wisconsin might have had a few backups in the game at that point in time. Uh, but the bottom line is, he he didn't embarrass himself at all. He looked like he was pretty comfortable out there playing football. So, and, do you try uh, I'm to happy, happy for Alex that he could he could demonstrate that kind of ability and and um, you know maybe that'll lead to more opportunities up ahead.
3: So, do you try to carve out a, a few series for uh, for Padilla in in the next game?
4: You know, I don't even know that you do that. Uh, there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. You know, you see. We just have to think back to Purdue versus Iowa, of course. Um, Plummer's played a lot of football, incidentally. He's played a lot more football than than has played for us. So it wasn't such a, a leap of faith to put Plummer in the game because
1: mm-hmm.
4: he, he started a number of games for Purdue, and he's a very capable backup. He proved that against us. He pro- he's proved it as, as a capable starter even. Uh, they feel that O'Connell gives them a better chance, and that's why he's a starter. But you're right about one thing, Tom. Would there be anything wrong with inserting Padilla in the middle of the second quarter for a, a series of downs, a possession? And again, I wouldn't put him in on the minus five yard line. Sure. That's not, that's not a good idea. Let's be sure our more experienced quarterbacks out there. Then, but if you want to give Northwestern something to think about, let's uh, let them have to spend a little bit of time talking about how we're going to defend Padilla versus Petrus. That's an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Kirk doesn't do that and Brian doesn't do that, I think that's fine, too. Uh, we've clearly stated that Peters is our best quarterback. You know, Spencer's not the perfect player, but he's trying to be. He's doing the best he can with the talents that he has. Yeah. Um, uh, the good news is, is uh, if Spencer is injured at any point next Saturday, then we're going to put a, a backup quarterback on the field that's better prepared mm-hmm. to play simply yeah. because he got two possessions against Wisconsin. So that was a good thing. It meant, it meant for sure that Spencer was not going to get injured in the latter half of the fourth quarter. And also it gave Alex a chance to be more comfortable in a Big Ten setting.
5: Well, part of the reason they took him out was he took a vicious hit. Yes, he did. He was woozy. And then he went to the postgame, and he still looked woozy during the post game. So I got a question for you, Don. And I wrote part of my column on this, and I've been doing this. I've been covering Iowa football for 30 years. You've been in it longer than me. I got a why – why is it always post game? You get the head coach, of course, and select players. why Why can't an offensive coordinator ever be made available after a game? Like, why couldn't Brian Brian Ferenc even brought it up during the bye week? He would have he would, he felt that he probably should have gone out there and spoken about the offense against Purdue. But Petris did it. Why is it that assistant coaches never have to are are never allowed to meet with the media? And it's not just Iowa. It's basically everywhere because I know there's no written rules.
4: Yeah, yeah fundamental, that's the head coach's prerogative. Okay, I mean I think there are some coaches that would never consider doing that. And their thought process would simply be, you know, I get paid the big bucks and I you know, I I have to take the heat, but I don't have to I don't have to ask my coordinators to take the heat. Um, you know, right after a game, they don't have to be subjected to those questions. I've you know, I've got more experience in handling those questions right after a football game, so <clears throat> I'd rather keep them out of that. Maybe there's nothing wrong with letting them answer questions on Wednesday. That's a different ball game, you know. You've had time to look at the film and and uh, analyze what you might do differently. Okay. And um, but uh, you know, it's the head coach's call, and and uh, if he wants to make them available, he can. Uh, you know, typically a head coach, any head coach, would be more likely to make them available maybe after a great win. Uh, yeah. You know, to, I think to that's happened give them a chance to to share in the in the enjoyment of of answering a lot of. A lot of easy questions, no. you know, about about how well the game played out and how well the strategy worked.
5: The head coach being accountable, I'm all for that. I'm just wondering, like Petrus, he leaves the game because he took a hit, and then there he is ten minutes later having to come out there and answer all these questions. Why is it that players, I guess, what I'm saying, why do the players have to be made available after games more than like assistant coaches? I'm just asking. I'm not, It's just been a weird. It's just been weird, and it's just been the way things have been forever.
4: Well, I don't think players have to be made available either. And let me give you a simple example. If, if Spencer really was a little bit dinged, it would have been entirely appropriate for the trainer to come to Kirk and say, you know what, let's just keep Spencer away from the media because, uh, you know, he took a shot and he's, he's a little bit a little bit foggy right now. And I don't think that's fair to Spencer to okay. even put him in that place.
1: Okay. So let's, I'm sure they did that. Mm-mm.
4: Yeah, for medical reasons, you can hold a player out.
1: Okay, from
4: that, no questions asked, right? I mean, it would be unfair for any media person to say, "I can't believe that that Spencer's dodging questions." Well, you know, maybe the trainer requested, of sure. course, well, you know, let's let's uh, not allow Spencer to answer questions because he's a little bit groggy right now. He's, he he took a hit in the head, and he's uh, a little bit out of sorts. So let's not subject him to that. That's not that's not good for college football. That's not good for Spencer not good for our program he's not he's not positioned to answer these questions right now
5: I'll tell you what I know some fans don't want to hear because they want him benched or whatever but I admire the way that guy goes out there and faces the media doesn't make any excuses puts the team first always I mean he's a mature young man he's such a great leader in so many ways I'm pulling for him so hard to get over the hump with this offense but man right now I'm, I think the schedule could be I think Northwestern's defense might be a nice little cure for this Iowa offense
4: yeah, you know, I made this comment earlier in the week, and I really believe this might be the case. <clears throat> right now, and, and believe me, I've been part of some angry football teams in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you a prime example, which you've heard me talk about before. We go to Columbus as a number one ranked team. We lose to Ohio State. One week later, we are an angry football team. Illinois happened to be the yeah. the uh, victim. Uh, Illinois was a bowl team that year. They were a good football team. It was 49 nothing at the half, and we were determined to pound them into submission and beat them every way possible, and that sometimes happens. It would not shock me if we won a one-sided game next week. I don't, I don't guarantee that. I, I'd never guarantee anything in a football sure. game, but it wouldn't shock me. I do think we're going to have a bunch of very determined players that are frustrated, and they're... One way to vent that frustration, of course, is take it out on the next opponent. And I think it's entirely possible you'll see a, a very comfortable win. I'm with you. Uh, having said that, it wouldn't shock me if it was a one-score game either, because <laughs> history says that Northwestern plays Iowa tough. That's Man, right.
5: this is not a very good Northwestern team. It sure team. isn't. I mean, but... I watch their defense is so weak, the back seven. I mean, it's just – but, like, you, you never say never. They're still Big Ten football players, but – this would be so different if Iowa still had to play like Michigan and Michigan State. I mean, the schedule is so favorable. I wish fans would kind of look at that more than just the gloom and doom and festering and what's happened in the last two games.
3: Well, then they're going to have to go out and show us too.
5: Though. Yeah, I mean they, and I yeah. think they will. They won twelve out of fourteen games. I mean, I know it's hard to re- think about that because you're a prisoner of the moment, but you just still, yeah. I just, I'm just surprised that so many are saying, "Oh, we're one and three at best." I mean, I. I got. And I'm so, getting a lot of yeah, that. I'll
4: say this to those fans, and I understand fans are concerned about what Iowa football team might show up at Evanston this weekend. But I'll just simply say this to them: the high character on this football team hasn't changed. It's still there. Oh I agree. Uh, our players have a lot of pride. They have extremely high character. Uh, you know, I like to say this about so many of our players: uh, you would be you would be fortunate as a as a father or mother. To have uh, uh, so many of these Iowa football players as a son-in-law, you know, if your if your daughter was going to marry someone that happened to be on this football team, in so many cases, that would be a wonderful thing for your family because you would be you would be inheriting uh, a young man that has high character that is going to become a great father in later life. That's going to be a great worker wherever he ends up working after football is done. Um, you know, the kind of guy that you'd be proud to have as a son-in-law. That's how many so many of those players are. Uh, those guys have that same high character after a disappointing loss to Wisconsin as they do after a, a nice win over Penn State. So they're going to show up with that same high character. They're going to play to win. They're going to practice like uh, like this game means everything to them because it does. Uh, they're not going to take this game lightly. Um, you know, they're going to do their part to get this thing back on track. And that's one reason I feel good about what's going to happen I, I'm in Winston on Saturday night.
5: I picked Northwestern to win this game before the season, but I'm completely changing my tune now because I didn't think Northwestern would be this bad. Their quarterback play has been bad. They're just not very good. And I'm with you, Don. I think there's enough character and enough talent and enough resolve on this team. I see Iowa winning a game like 34-17, 34-20, 7-2. I think they're going to beat Illinois here. Brett, a great coach, but he just doesn't – I don't think they have the horses to beat Iowa here. And, man, I watched a little bit of Nebraska. Just, I mean, um, Martinez was terrible. I mean, he just threw the ball away left and right. And I, they just seem to be unraveling. Yeah. And I don't think Frost is going to be back next year. Do you, what do you guys think? I'm not sure if he's going to be back for a fifth year.
4: Well, I think you might be right, and i I say that because it's not just how your team performs they they've um managed to steal defeat from the jaws of victory too many times yeah, to count, exactly right? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, so part of the problem, of course, relates to the fact that they find ways to lose football games. that's a direct reflection on the coaching staff, because let's face it, they lose on turnovers, they lose on penalties uh, and um, and the demeanor you know Scott Frost. Uh, has the wrong demeanor. You know, Kirk is going to always, even if we lose, he's going to he's going to reflect the pride and dignity yeah. that relates to the program. He's going to represent us the right way with the media. Um, Scott Frost, frankly, you know, he, he comes across as a sour puss. He's a complainer uh, to the officials. You know, he's always whining about getting bad calls. Well, you know, why don't you eliminate your mistakes on offense and exactly. you won't get as many exactly. flags. Yep. Uh, and you won't turn the ball o- over as often if you just have better ball security from start to finish.
1: No, well said. So
4: you're right. He he represents uh, in less than an ideal way. I'll say it that way. Um, you know, he's contentious with the the media, and you know, he looks like he's he looks like he's the little brother that's mad. You know, and mm. and he's always going to have to complain and whine about the the older brother that's picking on him. <laughs> uh, you know, that's the impression you get. And uh, it's not—it's not a—it's not, not a really favorable uh, it's not. representation no, of Nebraska it's not. football. Tom, did you
3: have? Well, no, I was just going to say, Coach, we appreciate your time here. It's what, already an hour. It's, it's it
4: is. So looking
3: looking forward here to Northwestern. Uh, you've you've mentioned you think I was going to come out mad and, and play solid. If you're the offensive coordinator, uh, what are you going to do differently?
4: I'm gonna uh, say it this way: It's the old baseball analogy. You don't steal second with your foot on first. Let's play. To, let's play to win. Let's play to make some big plays. Let's engineer some big plays. Uh, let's not be afraid to cross the street. You know, if you're afraid to cross the street, you're never gonna get to the other curb. You know, you gotta you gotta walk out in the traffic every now and then. You you're gonna take steps. You're gonna be careful. You're not gonna get run over. I'm with you. You're gonna be looking both left and right. But you got to get across the street, so let's go.
1: Yeah, you're saying Sounds open to Didn't me. break
4: into a into a, a a jog to be able to do it, so that you don't get hit. But you got to do what you got to do. Let's let's steal second by taking a good lead off of first. Let's do it that way. Sounds great. So
5: you're basically saying open things up on offense. I'm all for it. Donnie, be as usual, great stuff. And I have a feeling we're going to be talking about a win a week from now.
4: I do too.
1: All right, thanks, I Don. I do
4: too. I would just ask those fans keep hanging in there. Those players need your support. They do. And, yep. And um, and that means. You do everything you can to support them because they're the kind of young men you should be proud of.
3: All right, Coach, thanks again. And uh, you have a great week and uh, go, Hawks.
0: I agree. Take care, guys. All, All right. And
3: well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ, Iowa City.
1: Hurting and Stalker, making. 800
3: 800 one 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE It's so easy, just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. one 800 800 rolls, Remember.
6: Back in 1947, when young Willa Dickens began as a watchmaker at Herting and Stocker Jewelers, the sparse utility of the war years was ready to give way to the cheer of color in fashion, furniture, and of course, jewelry. Women from Hollywood starlet to housewife flowed with colored gemstones on ear, neck, and hand. Ruby red and emerald green. Blue sapphire. Purple amethyst, topaz, citron, aquamarine. Often these beauties were received happily in a Hertine and Stalker box. Now, as in those distant days, colored gemstones are again bringing cheer and joy. So come see what's sparkling in those famous windows at Hertine and Stalker Jewelers, corner of Dubuque and Washington in downtown Iowa City. Then step inside and say hi to Willa, Terry, Tim or Kate, one of them is always there.
3: Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road.
7: Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. This is Patrick Eads, owner of Geary Brothers Ford Lincoln, serving Iowa City and the corridor proud recipient of Ford's President Award for the highest customer satisfaction in both sales and service. Voted Iowa City's Best of the Area for New Car Dealer 2017 through 2019. Voted Iowa City's Best of the Area for Used Car Dealer 2020. Locally owned and operated, we understand the importance of community-minded business. We proudly support youth sports. Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln at the corner of Mormon Trek Boulevard and Highway 1 or online at dearyford.com. GT Car, owner
0: of Suple Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is un unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at Supels.net or call 337-2246. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty.
2: Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit diamonddentalpc.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family.
7: Dear U of I, just a note to let you know if you're ever thinking about selling Kinnick Stadium or Carver Hawkeye Arena, please consider Hawkeye Title and Settlement. We're here to provide efficient, high-quality real estate title and closing services. Signed, Hawkeye Fan Forever, and send. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Whether it's a large commercial property or if you're buying your first home, remember we're here to help. Hawkeye Title and Settlement Services of Iowa City. You'll love our team just like you love the Hawks. Hey, everybody. It's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert. And I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blair's Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. J.J. Weather, brought to you by Plum
0: Supply.
8: Plum Supply, kitchens and baths, your home never looks so
1: beautiful.
2: The upcoming week is going to be relatively low-key weather-wise. Plenty of sunshine, mostly dry, but temperatures are going to be a bit cooler than average today. Mostly cloudy this morning, becoming partly cloudy this afternoon. We'll get to 48 today. The wind out of the west at about 5 to 15. Clear tonight, down to 28. Tomorrow will be sunny with a high of 47. We will stay in the upper 40s through the week with 50s by the weekend. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Outside now, it's
3: 33. Hawkfanatic.com. .com. Don't forget the .com because it's an online thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not .net, not .org.
2: This guy uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon, used to live in the Quad Cities, Love listening to 99 Uh wish it was on the radio. Well, if it was on the radio,
3: he couldn't listen to it. Yeah, you couldn't hear it, because <laughs> because
2: <laughs> it was here, and you're in yeah, and you're in Portland, 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 Oregon. Yeah. So I,
3: then yeah, what are you going to do? Know. So anyway, embrace the technology, friend.
2: Yeah. Well, and, we were uh, driving up to uh, Prairie Dusheen, listening to the game, and it I I don't I can't imagine what it looked like.
3: Yes, you can. <laughs> I don't oh, want, yes, you can. Well, okay,
2: I don't want to imagine what it looked like, but it did sound good.
3: I mean, it was just. Uh, can I say the? It was a sheet show. I can say yeah, that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what it was.
2: Yeah, it wasn't good.
3: And you know, I I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, but we, uh, Spencer was sacked all day long. Hurried all day long. Six, yeah, he was sacked six times. How many hurries? Um, I don't remember how
5: many hurries. They had 24 net rushing yards on 30 carries. Large. They had about 50 net rushing yards with the running backs. And but yeah, no, it was not. It was not good. But Wisconsin's ah. Wisconsin's offense wasn't that good either. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, this was a game for the taking. If no. Iowa had any pulse on offense, the defense held. I mean, Merch barely had 100 yards passing. You take away that first drive, their offense did hardly anything. Other, They did run the ball at times. And that was against an Iowa defense that was expecting the run. Wisconsin was able to do enough running, and Iowa can't. Mm-hmm. Iowa can't run the ball mm-hmm. for some reason. It just cannot run the ball.
2: Hello. Hey.
9: Yeah, I think part of the frustration for me as an Iowa fan is, I mean – the schedule was set up. I mean, we saw no Michigan, no Ohio State. We mm-hmm. didn't even know Michigan State was going to be this good. We don't play them. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be a while before we get a schedule lined up that well. And I'm just wondering, also, are we seeing the way our O line is getting dominated, and the D line's not as great as they usually are? You think uh, Chris Doyle being gone is showing up on that, or is it not? no? Fact,
5: I wouldn't I think so major that. no because rarely can Iowa run the ball I mean Iowa ranks in the lower half of the Big Ten in rushing way more times yeah, than man. not under Chris Doyle I mean it just they rarely have been able to run the ball with much success they just don't
9: yeah well they got to figure that out don't they because uh, it would help how many how many games do we have we go up to Madison and you you don't uh like you said that game was for the taking our defense yep. did well enough to win the game, and. uh well, on that third and two from the four, they're twenty to seven score. I'm thinking, please, flicker. you'll probably go all the way, or at least yeah. take a shot at it. But no, you know. So, well,
3: that's what Donnie Patterson was left. talking about. Yeah, you op- know, let's opening things up, open things up, and and try to try to do something that they're not expecting. Yeah, yeah, take some well, chances. He,
10: and
9: he rolled out to the right and back across the field to Reganey. Reganey tried yes.
5: Yeah, and it, it worked. It was beautiful. Crazy. And it worked. Yeah. No, it seems like they're afraid to do yeah. things against Wisconsin because they assume the worst will happen. And, and it ends up backbiring. That cause was they...
9: what I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. You just used the word afraid. It seems like they coach afraid all the time. They don't have confidence in their guys to try things,
5: do mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Uh,
9: what's the worst thing that can happen? You can lose. Yeah. And they did. That can happen.
5: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So – Appreciate your observation. Yeah, good point. And I the running the thing with Tyler Goodson, and I do see where Donnie's coming from. I mean, but that's your running back. You don't you don't have faith in your running back to get you a first down on or on fourth and one ever. You're gonna go with Petrus, the quarterback, who's not really good at sneaking, not real physical. Then you got to figure something out. You need to have a running back that can get you a Big Ten first down on fourth down. I'm sorry, you you just need to. If it's Gavin Williams, fine. Because I don't think I think
3: Ivory is out of my guess is they're not going to give him any more opportunities in serious but times. I know what you're saying, and and I agree with what you're saying. But if the if the line can't hold the line, if they give the runners nowhere to go.
5: Well, I've seen a lot of fourth and ones where a running back has very little room to go, but somehow manages somehow to it. Somehow does. And, and sometimes it, it's around the end. Why not give Goodson a pitch out and see if he can go around the end? I agree. I mean, just try something different is all I'm saying. And But if you don't have faith in your running back on fourth and one, then you've got issues. I mean,
3: That one little uh, naked flip they did in the first or second game to Goodson mm-hmm. was just beautiful. Had all the action rolling right, and they did that little flip to him going left, and it was. And if they're worried
5: about losing four or five, okay, fine. Then they get first down, four yards ahead of them, getting first down where they stop you short on. I mean, I don't. It just, it just seems like against Wisconsin, Brian Ferentz just kind of coaches with one hand behind his back because he's worried that the worst is going to happen, and because I, like I said, I did not think Grand Mertz. He was okay on that first drive. Other than that. Wisconsin's offense was just saying, Hey, I mean think about how many times We're Iowa gonna run helped. the ball, stop us. And their running backs are good. That Allen's gonna be good before but I mean they were not that dynamic force. This no. was a chance. I, nope. They were vulnerable this year, and Iowa was just so inept and abysmal on offense that they couldn't take advantage of it. And eventually the defense wore down. I yes. Mean, the defense got tired. When you're on, Iowa had so many three and outs, but there was a stretch there in the second half where Wisconsin was going three and out. I mean, they, they, neither one could do anything. Wisconsin was getting the ball deep in Iowa territory, and they'd either have to kick a field goal or what have you, but I just... I'm with Donnie, though. I think Brian needs to open it up, and yeah, it's going to be a lot easier to open things up against Northwestern than it is against Wisconsin.
3: I don't, well, not- and I don't disagree with that. Of course not, but still... If you do what people expect you to do, they're going to find a way to stop it.
5: Unless you're really, really, really good. Which in, we're not. In which I was not. I was not really good. There's been years like when Wisconsin had Melvin Gordon, you knew exactly where they were. Yes. And they averaged 320 rushing yards a game. It didn't matter because they were great on the offensive line. He was great. But that's not Wisconsin now. They're far from it. They're nowhere
3: near as good as they were five years ago. Nowhere near.
5: And the Big Ten West is there for the taking still. Even though Iowa doesn't control its own destiny. When Iowa wins out, Wisconsin beats Minnesota. Or or Minnesota beats um, Wisconsin. Then we're in. Iowa's in. And then they get to go play either.
3: Ohio State or Michigan State. Or Michigan
5: State. I still think it's going to be Ohio State, though. I did lose a little bit of. I don't know what the right word is. I don't think Ohio State's quite as good. I didn't think Penn State would play them as tough as they did. And Penn State played Ohio State good in space.
3: Penn State played a very good football game.
5: And maybe Ohio State's a little more vulnerable on offense than I thought. I still think their defense is just a little above average. But I still don't. I wouldn't like Iowa's chances of beating Ohio State. No, and
3: Clifford looked real good Mm -hmm. for the most of that game. He really
5: did. My only concern was Spencer. And I I don't want to always put Don on the spot because I know he goes over there and he's... He's still good friends and close to the program. but And I like Spencer, don't get me wrong, but he's just not getting better. And nor are the circumstances around it. but sometimes that's the hand you're dealt with and you have to wait, figure out a way to make it work. I mean, but he's just not, he just is
3: what he is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's hollering for the backup. I'm, I'm not n- either. I'm not. I'm not either. But I will also say it was nice to have a quarterback in there who could actually do something with his feet and add a little extra development. He
5: does do that. And I will say Wisconsin was in total prevent defense. They oh, it was, The course. circumstances were completely – you, you couldn't compare him to when – during the meat of that game. Of course. Game. But like I said, I don't know why. Why not? They did it with Brad Banks for a while during the 2001 season. But then at the end, they didn't do it as much because I think teams started to figure out a little bit of what they were doing with Brad. And remember like when Brad ran out of bounds against Wisconsin mm-hmm. and, and what have you. But, no, I'm with you. I don't, I don't have a problem with them. With them, um, maybe giving Padilla a series. I couldn't tell you how many people on my Twitter thing after the game. You know, when are we just going to make Deuce the starter? Well, that's a long ways away. I would think he's number three on the depth chart right now. But there's people convinced that he. I mean, I had people, multiple people on my Twitter thing after the game saying, "No, I'm get. You know, at some point they're going to make." Hogan the starter? No, I don't know that. I've never heard anything to suggest that.
1: Why would you think he, might,
5: that? he could always become the starter someday, but there's nothing to suggest that's going to happen right now. He's number three on the depth chart, and I still say the reason Spencer's starting is because he must do better during practice during the week. That's the—they're not going to play somebody who's not as good as the other person, especially when they're losing and it's starting the season spiraling out of control. They're—they're they're playing who they think gives them the best chance to win now. I don't. I didn't like the game plan Brian had Saturday. Not I, I normally don't question game plans because Brian Parent knows more about football than the three of us combined. I mean, I get that, but that doesn't mean he can. Have, he's not. He's susceptible to having a bad day at the office. Well,
3: and, and I very much question the defensive game plan we had
5: against I, Purdue. I agree very much. I, and I think fans have a right, and the media has a right, and it would have been nice to have talked to Phil Parker after that game, but. And I, I don't think Donnie liked my. And I, I'm not trying to lead some rally. I just felt sorry that Spencer had to sit out there after being taken out of the game from a vicious hit. I know he had passed all. Pro- I'm not suggesting that Iowa put him in any. No, I know. I just I'm like you know. Here's this 21 year old kid having to come out after every. But well, you got to
2: respect him for coming well, out and being course. honest. He, but of I mean, he's, he's, no, they don't honest. force him.
5: But yeah. they expect them to, and all I'm saying is it'd be nice if once, followed. it would have been nice to have heard from Brian Ferentz after the game Saturday. Wouldn't you, you like it? to? Yeah,
3: absolutely. But it's
5: just not protocol. It's just, and Donnie's got a little defensive. By and I get it. He's a former head coach and assistant. I get where he's coming from. I respect that. All I'm saying is I would rather have heard from Brian Ferentz Saturday than heard from what looked to be a wobbly Spencer Petras who is not going to say anything controversial. He's not going to throw teammates under the bus. He's not going to make excuses. We've seen that by now. I, that's all I was saying. That's a, it'd just be nice to hear from some of adults sometimes
2: hello
11: hello how come you have to dial 319 before you get your number
5: <laughs> They changed that a couple weeks yeah, ago because
2: yeah. there's too many numbers yeah. and and uh the uh the car people want to get a hold of you at any time day or night for their oh
11: car so work. they changed it a yep. yep. couple don't weeks tell ago. me this is going to be long distance a couple no, weeks no ago. it isn't no that. it's not long distance no just
2: Three more numbers. I don't think there is long distance anymore with with uh, phones.
11: Long distance. Well, with running. with cell phones, no. But with regular phones, I think so.
2: Oh, get rid of those. <laughs> anyway,
11: what did you what do you think of Michigan State's chance of <coughs> getting through and, and maybe winning their their side, the East side?
5: Possible, possible. Yeah. I mean, I still think I'm still picking Ohio State, but no, it's definitely possible. What a Dude, turnaround he, huh? He
11: didn't, you probably didn't see that game but but uh, it looked to me like both Michigan and Michigan State were pretty much about the same.
5: oh yeah, I mean, very
3: even. I Michigan mean, was pretty well in control of the game, and they put in their second string quarterback, who I believe turned he it did. over he did. yeah, he did yep
11: yeah so. now do you think do you think Petrus, when he Thinks about throwing to somebody. He thinks only of that person, and when that person's covered, he doesn't get the ball out fast enough, or uh, and but he doesn't look for anybody else or what.
3: I think he goes, tries to go through his progressions for the most part. But I, I'm not really qualified to. Yeah, me either. But I'm sure he goes
5: through progressions. That's part of being yeah. a Big Ten quarterback.
3: Yeah.
11: Yeah. Well. <clears throat> Let's
3: hope we can do something against Northwestern. Well, if we can't, it, uh, yeah. Then if they if they come there out needs to be some execution. Then there's major problem. Then
11: we're gonna have to <laughs> <laughs> have to line up and start yeah. all over again. Boy, I
3: guess yeah. This is
11: <laughs> okay. Well, thanks
3: a Bye, lot. Card. It's Bye. a game that the Hawkeyes not only need to
5: win Should but win. look good at. But if they win, if they lose like 21 to 10, then all bets are off. Then then I will say, God, maybe the wheels are. I, I, but I'm with Donnie. I think they're gonna come out and win this game. I think they're gonna. Northwestern's a game where I think Iowa can actually maybe run the ball a little bit. Mm, yeah. And when they can run the ball, things are so much easier.
2: Hello. Hello. I think it's a butt dial.
5: Call him back, Captain. Call him back. Find out what's going on. What are you up to? But remember to dial
1: 319.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, it's not long distance to anybody. No man. Anyway.
5: I got a new landline. Went out and got a really nice new landline for 50 bucks. I didn't realize they were that cheap, and it's amazing. Now my phone works perfect. I guess after 10 years, you need to get a new landline. Yeah, there you go. And I have to have a landline because cell phone reception is so bad in my house that I can't rely on my cell phone to make calls from my house. Can you believe that? But I was warned when I bought it that yeah. that part of Iowa City has no cell phone reception. You turn off a friendship onto Arbor, boom, it just goes dead.
2: Yeah, it's gone. It just
5: literally goes dead for about five houses. And then if I walk from room to room, it just uh, calls drop all the time. But, but no, I was good to hear from Donnie because, like I said, this has been a wild we- – I mean, the, the amount of angst and overreaction and just fire, fire, fire – Fire Kirk, fire Brian. And if you tell them, well, they've won 12, I don't care. That was unacceptable Saturday. But, well, fine. But you've still won. Well, it.
3: we're going to have to accept it. Because they're not firing anybody. No. Yeah. We're going to have to accept it. Was it a sheet show? Yes, it sure was. And
5: is it awkward having the son as the offensive coordinator with the offense struggling? Yes, it's very sure. awkward. Of course it but is. But Kirk signed up for this and he'll deal with it.
4: Hello. I'm happy with Spencer Peters,
3: but I wish we could replace the governor with someone.
2: Okay. Well, that went
1: nowhere. Yeah, don't give it nah, no. No, no, Don't give him it.
5: You know, no, you know, just because you go politics doesn't mean you get it. And yeah, and we've done a pretty good job. When's the last time we talked politics? Been a while. Yeah, been a while.
2: And let's keep it that. I way. I know, yeah. Captain.
5: You've you've been you've been saying <laughs> it. Sick so, of I'm it. sick of it. We haven't talked politics. It's just sick boring. of both sides. It's just boring. It is boring. It's it looks bo- like
2: they're going to pass those. You know, the infrastructure and good. And the uh, Build Back Better. Well, thing, someone so tweeted.
5: Good. Someone just texted me saying that they're going to pass that, and that Chuck Grassley just passed gas. <laughs> <laughs> now that's that I, cheap little petty stuff like that. I don't mind that. <laughs> but, yeah, that uh, works. But Ackerman or Fake or whoever the hell you are, yeah. you can do better than yeah. that, right? Well, that wasn't I don't know. his best. I don't know. <laughs> or are, you, are you saying he can't do better?
2: i would say that was uh, the Saturday game all okay, over again. Okay, Captain. Iowa's offense
5: or Fake Ackerman? <laughs> Who are you going with? <laughs> well, Fake. Fake Ackerman. Fake Ackerman. Fake Ackerman right. Okay.
3: All right. <laughs> Why? Why would you pick Fake Ackerman over the Iowa offense? Because oh, he's more consistent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he delivers be- something positive more consistently than our I offense. I will know. say the Iowa offense has been pretty consistent yes, the they last few games. Yeah, but but in the wrong direction. Yeah. Hello. If they did another local's this contest, the Hawkeyes would not win first place <laughs> in Iowa City. <laughs>
5: Nah, now he's bringing it. I think they probably would, but I think they still yeah. barely. barely. I barely. still think most fans, yeah, they're disappointed. But the only thing that they've lost right now is a chance to make the playoff. And did you ever really think they were going to be no, in the No,
3: and we all knew, every single one of us, that we weren't the second best team no. in the country, and no. we weren't close. We all know that.
5: But a friend of mine did say, he goes, you know, typical Hawkeye fans. Well, and he goes, they go, from, said it. Well, they go from buying <laughs> Big buying Big Ten championship tickets to now it's gloom and doom fire everybody. <laughs> yeah. There's just no hey, in between.
2: No. We're going to Rose Bowl. Too. I mean, we
3: could still end up in Indy. I mean, we could. Oh, yeah. I think there's a very good chance. And we can't. I mean, somebody's going to have to beat Wisconsin.
5: And I think Minnesota can there. If if they can. They, if they have enough running backs
12: left. Hello, you know, something I noticed, because I was walking along down low on both sides before the game, and uh, Wisconsin typically has a handful of 320, 340 linemen, and they don't even have that. Yeah. And I think that's part of their offensive struggles, but we certainly don't. We we were blessed with two of them, with Jackson and uh, and Tristan Wirfs that came in that size and left that size. Mm-hmm. But has there been any discussion about we're notorious for bumping somebody up from 240 to 295? But there's something to be said about we we just don't have maulers, and we're not even re, you know, we're we're not even offering a lot of the big maulers except for a, that Caden Proctor. But we're we're not offering a whole lot of guys that are 320, 340. It's almost like they want someone that's more fit and agile, you know?
5: Yeah, it could very well be. I'm not. I don't keep track of who they're offering as closely as you do, obviously. But I I don't know. They've always kind of been that way, and it's just but. Every time that they have stretches like this, people act like, wow, I can't believe Iowa can't run. When does Iowa ever run the ball well? I mean, seriously, other than Sean Green's year. And 2002. 2002 episode. and Sean Green's year and 2015. You take those three years out and they are below average to way below average in rushing. So it's just it's one of those weird misconceptions about Hawkeye football that's just out there. But mm-hmm. I think right now, caller, is what we're seeing from the offensive line is struggles for a group that always struggles but now it's really struggling if that makes sense. This we is not like this struggled. is not like a great unit that all of a sudden is just not playing up to its standards uh, and the numbers bear that out.
12: You could argue that you could argue that they're somewhat undersized and I don't Well that, that, that might be or another another 15 pounds but I don't know necessarily, but, but we only have, I think, one three hundred pounder in our
3: starting lineup. You but Iowa, I, I mean, Wisconsin goes after the three twenties and the three forties. We don't recruit a lot of huge guys like that. We we don't. We don't. Whether you know whether that's good or bad, I, I don't know, and I don't know if you need to be a little more agile in a, a zone blocking scheme than you do with a, more of a straight ahead? But. Well, the
5: numbers would suggest that it's not good because, like I keep saying, like a broken record, the rushing averages bear themselves out. It's, yeah, it's that's right. Plain as day. Wisconsin, I believe since 2004, Wisconsin's averaged at least 200 yards, I believe, 12 12 times. Iowa never has. The most Iowa's average during that time was 188.7 during Sean Green's year. Other than that, Iowa's usually down. The 2019 that won 11 games averaged 114 yards rushing per game.
3: God, that's amazing. I mean. I mean Iowa running is the most overrated part of Hawkeye football. It just really is. I think do you think it's because they put so many linemen into the I'm league? sure that
5: makes people wonder, well how the hell but you know, those linemen don't all play together. No, that's right. They all play at the, they all play one at a time usually. Marshall Yondo, uh, and or maybe Marshall Yando is a senior when somebody who else is going to end up being in the, is a freshman. Rarely have they had a bunch of stud NFL linemen together at the same time. Well,
3: in this year's perfect, perfect example, example, you got Tyler Linderbaum, and that's
5: it. That's it. And you need more than one, obviously, because and there's times where it's hard for Tyler to even do his job when the guys around him are struggling so bad. No lineman. I mean, Tyler didn't even play up to his standards, Mm-mm. but I think part of that was just the guys around him were struggling so bad. But, no, you bring up a good point, and and maybe that's something I can ask Kirk. I mean, do you have have a philosophy when you're going out for linemen? You don't seem to have a a lot of 300-pounders. My guess is Kirk will bring up some that they have had and say that it's cyclical and that they they just go for the best prospect that they can find regardless of size. I I mean, of course size matters, but I think when you're recruiting offensive linemen at this level, they're going to have to be 6'4". 270 to begin with, or you're not going to recruit him. Yeah, I mean, you got to be a certain size to even play Big Ten offensive line. But I get what you're saying. Wisconsin does go for sort of a different body, and they a do. lot of those guys are from home. They're from
3: Wisconsin. Or Minnesota.
5: Yeah.
12: You know, but, you know, know they... nothing frustrates me more than watching SEC or Big 12 when it's fourth and one and the quarterback's in shotgun mode. But we just don't have the push to, to no. plan on – Get guaranteeing that one yard on third and one or fourth and one right
5: now or a mobile quarterback who can take a draw play on fourth and one and maybe scoot outside and run around the end for 10 yards it's just iowa it's just like just push forward push forward and um it's just it's it, it can be frustrating
12: and you know for the record i saw ron dane on saturday and i think he's got a bigger belly than i do but i'll <laughs> leave that alone all okay right, thank you
5: all right <laughs> Ron Dane, remember, remember that game oh, 20, 22 years ago?
3: You know, yes. And my next door neighbor, Eric, who we just visited over the weekend, said, uh, Hey, I've got extra tickets to uh, the Iowa Wisconsin game up in Wisconsin. You want to go? And I said, No. Why would I want to go watch Iowa get pounded 45 to nothing? This was 22 oh, years was ago. 22, and that's about yeah. what happened. And I didn't. I said, Absolutely not.
5: That was not. the same day Iowa beat UConn, Alford's debut. Remember that? Yes, I I wasn't at the Wisconsin game. I was at Madison Square Garden, dictating my story at midnight with a janitor yelling at me to hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) Hello,
7: (laughs) morning, morning, guys. Morning. Um, Here's here's my question. I guess they they always call for the heads, and you know they're like, "Hey, let's fire this guy." So you look at all the jobs coming open: USC, LSU, TCU, and you can go on and on and on. Whatever. Texas Tech. So. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Who are they going to go get? Those people that always call for heads, they don't have, oh, we can go get this guy, or we can go get this guy. And then they fail to realize it is Iowa. Yes, it's. I'm not saying that in a bad way, but Iowa very easily could become the next Nebraska in the situation oh, yeah. they're at if they keep going with the revolving door of head coaches. Absolutely. Some of these schools that have done that have just... They they don't they just tread water and they don't go forward and Iowa very well could do that
5: and I agree with you but that's not my reason for my reason for saying that nobody on this staff right now should even be considered they've won twelve or fourteen games I mean you you can't be a prisoner of the moment the last two have sucked but they have still they're still twelve and two I mean you're not gonna make changes during that time I mean but I'm with you though I mean it's not like Bill Brazier's walking through that door or anytime, or Bill Snyder or anything. I mean, plus Kirk is 66 years old. A lot of assistants are going to think twice before joining a coach, wouldn't you
3: say, that age? For sure. Do you think uh, uh, the new offensive line coach, you think there's some problems well, there? Well, there's or... obviously
5: some problems by the way they're performing, whether it's his fault and – People are saying, well, they need a new line coach. I mean, Kirk is there. This is not rocket science. And so is Brian. It's not rocket science. If Kirk sees major flaws being done, he's going to go, hey, George, I want it done this. that. I don't get this, that all of a sudden, you know, they don't know how to coach anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. but, and I keep going back to the same thing. They've never had great offensive line play as far as producing rushing yards. It's never happened, hardly ever, maybe three <laughs> or four times in 20 years.
7: Yep, and then my last point is the last two games Iowa offense has failed or has fall has fallen under what the Iowa defense led on early on in the season, which is turnovers. Absolutely, you know. So yep. there seven turnovers in the last two games has led to out of the fifty one points, I think it was almost thirty eight points that mm-hmm. it has Absolutely. led to. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the defense still isn't giving up a when they have a full field to go. They're still not giving up a lot of speed. No, the problem with the defense but is when too-
5: the defense isn't getting yeah. turnovers now. The defense has one right. turnover in the last two games. No,
3: that's exactly anyway, right. And, and it, it it helped expose Iowa Iowa's mm-hmm. offense for what it is, which is not a bit, not a great offense right now. No, it hasn't been yep. a
5: great offense at all this year. No, it hasn't. I mean, it didn't do a ton of yards against Indiana. It won the game big,
3: but it's not like because the of the turnover. Yes, it's not like the, the same turnovers. with Iowa State. Yeah, they absolutely. haven't had a
5: big yeah. offense, have they? Have they even gotten 400 yards in a game this year? Oh, I don't think so. I'll have to go back and look. But Maybe
3: no. against Kent State?
5: Yeah, I think they did against Kent State, but the offense has been very pedestrian all year, and I agree with Donnie. Open things up. What do you have to lose? Yep, yep,
3: yep. Yep. But,
2: hey, Perfect, thanks for guys. the call, Thank man. You. Appreciate it. Thanks. Boy, yep. uh, Coach Patterson had uh, Frost's number. Right. <laughs>
5: right. He is so right. though. Frost is offered, is isn't he? They're yeah, so, yeah. there are a lot of so like much. Yeah between the two of them. They just cannot handle the fact that it's not working and they can't accept the blame. It's got to be everything around them. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah, he's been, Donnie's been, I mean, from James Franklin to Scott Frost, Donnie's been pretty outspoken the last two weeks.
3: I appreciate that, you know, because, I mean, um, I don't know how Frost is going to survive this. I'm not sure that he is. And the other, another interesting thing is Iowa State's best team in history now has three losses. Iowa
5: has not beaten a team this year with fewer than three losses. Think about that. No, Penn State. Isn't that something? Yeah, Yeah, you're right.
3: I mean, we thought all
5: those wins would help Iowa, but no. But no, Iowa State, and they're probably going to lose. They're probably going to go eight and four. Yeah. Maybe seven and five. And I don't know if that means that keeps him that keeps his desire to stay in Ames more, or makes you know. God, we had everything working, and this is why maybe I need to try something else because he's his name will be. I've not seen anything of any substance saying that he is looking, but with all these openings, I mean, but I
3: wouldn't leave Iowa State for TCU. No. God, no. no I wouldn't no, leave no, Iowa no, State no. for Texas Tech. No, not neither of those two. No, no. There's no and way. And I don't think I would go to uh, USC either.
5: I wouldn't either. I'd probably go to LSU, but I could see yeah. not going there too, though. Iowa State's a pretty good job. But this is a disappointment. I'm sure they're disappointed
3: even more than Iowa fans are right now. They've got one more loss than Iowa, and they still have to play Oklahoma. Because they're not going to have the kind of experience very often that this team does. No. And the, t-
5: the kind of talent also. Oh, my God. Look at who they're going to lose this year. They lose everybody across the board. I mean, they, Kohler, the other Purdy. tight end. Purdy. Mike Rose. Um, probably Hummel, Brees Hall. Probably Brees Hall. Greg Eisworth. Um, they do have that stud. They Mike Rose. Young. I, Mike Rose is a senior. Isham Young's back. The, Isham Young, I believe is his name. He is really good. He's see the defensive back number yeah. one. He's yeah. lights out. But they lose a ton off this team. This was their chance. So, yeah, they're disappointed. Yeah. I mean, USC and LSU and Florida are all 4-4 four and four right now. I know Iowa fans don't want to hear
3: that, but sometimes you do need to hear it. Just to get away from the ledge and to stop firing everybody. You know, I I am tired of losing to Wisconsin, but it, I I wasn't surprised. Oh, I wasn't. I picked Iowa to lose. We both did. Yes, I wasn't surprised. It played right out. I thought Iowa would be more competitive. I I did too. I mean, I didn't expect us to win, but we were not remotely competitive. No, it was no, it was it very was ugly. A... Very very ugly. Um, real
1: ugly.
5: Here's like here's one. Hope you're right, but I see us going two and two rest of the way. Maybe one and three. Our offense just looks checked out and clueless. But hope I'm wrong. And I do think you're going to be wrong. Um, this is, is just too. a guy on Twitter. That's a, you know, they, 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 at least that's a uh, at least he's tweeting and just not a snark, hate-filled. Well, we suck. We
3: we're not going to win another game. Fine. I mean, two and two is possible. I think very possible. Oh, I do too.
5: I mean, and with Nebraska. and Because I still say Nebraska is going to play well against Iowa on senior day.
3: They Actually, they've played fairly well. They've been right in but with man, us the Martin, last few
5: games. Martinez was terrible against Purdue. Yeah, Some of the decisions, like that time where he flicked the ball, when he should have just ran and um, tried to avoid a sack, and he tried to make a play by just flicking it. It was an interception. And then they showed Frost just... Just ripping him on the sideline afterwards, and it was just a bad look. I mean, Kirk never does that. Well, he no.
2: ripped him on TV too. Did he?
5: What did he say?
2: Uh, it, everything was his fault. He sh- he wasn't. Uh, maybe he wasn't awake. I mean, crap like that. You know, <laughs> and, and you know, and Channel Six in Omaha doesn't know which way to go. I mean, they they want to rip him. Some of them just rip the hell out of him, and others are making excuses for him. It doesn't know which way to go no. anymore. Hello.
10: Hi, guys. Hey. Hey, what's the uh, injury chart looking like after Saturday? Anybody get added to it? Any you know, people coming off of it.
5: Well, Moss is week to week. Deontay Craig looks like he's back. He'll yeah. be back for Northwestern. Um, I I'm trying to who I'm trying to think who, who got did anyone limp Terry up Terry Roberts. Terry Roberts looks like he could be back. I mean, there was nothing concrete, but I I I do think there's a chance Rally Moss is going to play. Saturday at Northwestern. And Kirk did say Deontay Craig's back. So that'll give them a little more depth is not the problem on the defensive line. They're no. still rotating guys. No, they're, they're just not, not getting
3: it done. They're just not getting it done. Well, and going into the season, we all thought it was going to be a, a problem area.
5: And then it looked great early. Yeah, it But did. then the competition got better, and now they just can't get pressure on anyone.
10: Yeah, hey, I did see the ghost of Trevor Simeon yesterday. Who? <laughs> He beat he Tom Brady. He played. He beat Tom Brady. Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they beat New England. <laughs> oh, he really? He actually played? He
5: was all they had. He, they're, they're they're down to their 13th oh, quarterback. Wow. Jameis Winston got hurt against. <laughs> and Simeon went in there and he out Tom Brady.
10: Wow. wow. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah. What a nightmare he always was. Yeah. Yeah, what's uh, what's Northwestern going to bring to the table? I mean, do they got a running game, passing game? I know they got a so. decent no. running
5: back named Evan Hole. If you, give him, if you give him a hole, no pun intended, he can make some – He's pretty quick, but no, they their quarterback play's been average. They've got average receivers. Their lines aren't very. This is just Pat Fitzgerald is a pendulum. They go from ten and three to three and nine. This is one of his three and nine teams. They're just not very good.
10: What's the defense? Not very not good. Not very
5: good. Now that's not. Did they give they, up forty one? Yes. To, that's uh, not saying they may not rise up and have a game of their life, and Fitz inspires them to walk on water against Iowa. But I still will be stunned if Iowa and very disappointed
10: if Iowa loses this game. Yeah. Yep. It was uh, interesting watching the Iowa Doom Twitter and uh, Facebook during and after the game. My God. People, it's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, shut up. I mean, it's
10: it's just kids playing a game. And then I know it's it's important. Well, for stuff, some, they're but, so geez. invested
5: in it, man. And then Twitter gives people a chance to be macho and tough and know-it-alls. I mean, I got people. And
3: knee-jerk without yeah. having
5: to think anything through. Yep. I mean, I got people on there. Huh? Air... Just telling me that Hogan's going to be starting by the end of the year. Just, just know-it-alls who uh, are who aren't accountable. They tweet under stupid aliases, and that's just the way it is.
10: Yeah, I'm not below though. Looking up to Scott Frost, mocking. That's
3: that's always that kind of <laughs> enjoyable. Right. There's always that. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's thanks, sad. man. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm for the so call.
5: tired of this narrative that the Iowa media doesn't ask the tough questions. I mean, I'm just so sick of that. Kirk was pretty irritable with some of the questions that were asked and so all the questions were fair but you also have to have a level of decorum in a post-game press you can't just say kirk why don't you fire your son he sucks like some of these people want on twitter i just go
3: sick yeah, nobody's it. gonna do I get that
5: sick of people bashing the media for not asking tough questions and i'm always like well, why are you not at these press conferences why are all the know-it-alls and the experts always just on twitter hiding behind aliases when you should be at the press conference in kirk's face demanding the truth and then you know but i just get tired of it i'm speaking on behalf of everyone in the media. We ask tough questions, but we also have to be somewhat civil and fair, too. Well, and you should be. Yes.
8: Hello? Steve Cohen. How are you guys doing?
3: Uh, Okay, Steve. How are you?
8: Good. Yeah, the thing with Wisconsin, the thing I've always heard this debate forever, and Scott dockham has been talking about this with Scott Sable for a long time. It's been that running game. It's always been the same discussion about scheme all the time. About you know the zone blocking against that blocking—that's just kind of interesting to me. And you look at the difference, and I don't know—you know—we're never going to see it here, probably. But I'm just saying, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've go
5: ahead. I've—I've been—we've had those discussions. I don't know. I mean, my answer to that is Kirk knows so much about offensive line play; he still believes in the zone blocking for a reason. He must. I can't believe Kirk Ferentz is the only one in the world that still is hanging on to something that doesn't work. But the results don't aren't very positive.
8: Yeah, the other thing too, you got to talk about Tracy. I was watching something the other day. I was watching Scott Sableshow and They brought up something, and I don't know anything about this path. You may know more, but they said with Tracy, and that last year he was in a different slot position. Is that right?
3: And uh, not the one-on-one slot.
8: And I don't know. Him. They thought that the, this slot he was in this year is really not his best place to be there's more than one slot i don't know the answer i don't, I don't know specifically
5: that's but i to me that's just searching for answers i i mean it's it's not rocket science you either go out and you get open and you're open and i i, I there could be something to that but i don't have not noticed enough to...
8: yeah the one thing too that i noticed you know when you look at these you know these um fourths and one or th- whatever one thing i'm just surprised we got away with totally we haven't done is the wildcat at all
5: I think they believe that off have scouted the – and I don't believe they think Tyler Goodson is strong enough to run in traffic to get a fourth and one. I think that seems pretty and obvious. I'd like
8: to see with this quarterback, Alex, I'd like to see if he's a little bit better runner, maybe put him in when, when they need that extra yard, just a little bit extra of a worry about maybe a little bit extra, you know, running than you would with with um, Petras.
5: Yeah, I mean, that might work once or twice, but if they know the quarterback's well, coming in, right. and then they're going to, hey, they're putting the running guy in, let's put a shadow right. on it. They'll adjust to that at some yeah, point.
1: Yeah, that's
8: right. Yeah, I, you know, I I would like to see him for a lot of reasons, you know, in maybe, you know, like uh, a series because, number one, because of injuries too, you got to worry about that. But I just think what he got to lose, I mean, when, especially a game like that, I mean, I just think to me, but that's like a lot of people, but I think I'd like to see that, but if they do or don't, but I think I would like to see it and we'll just see what happens. But just wanted to give you a quick call right, on the linemen and some – who knows what's right or wrong, but I just thought it was
5: interesting. That's been discussed, but I
8: just had to share that with you. All
5: right. Him. Thanks, Steve. bye Appreciate it. Yeah, the zone versus gap blocking has been discussed for 15, 20 years. I just – there's reasons Kirk is sticking to what he does, and I just – I have to believe that he knows more than me and other people in the Iowa media. Well, he
3: certainly knows more than I do. But the results do – Bring up questions. Bring up questions because yes, they have rarely do.
5: ever – can they ever really
3: run the ball that well. Hello.
12: Good morning, guys. How you doing? Hey,
3: good, Katrina. How are you?
12: Good. I'm good. I was wondering what your thoughts are uh, for this Saturday. How do we compare to Northwestern?
3: Favorably. Yeah. Favorably. Yes.
5: All
1: righty. Thank you
5: so much. Yep. yeah. it's all she needed. Very favorably. Yeah. Very, yeah. Northwestern's not very good. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean they can't win on. Oh, of course. Saturday, but like I said, if Iowa loses, that will be there. That will not be good. That will then, be if a good you look.
3: think the it was a sheet show after oh. last Saturday,
5: I mean, if they lose and Spencer struggles, like I said, if they lose like twenty-one to 10, 21 to nine, it's gonna be.
2: Well, you won't be able to get on Twitter. It'll no, just be unbearable. Busy signal. The so, internet will crash. Kirk will be <laughs> pissy
5: because we'll have questions asked, even though we don't ask the hard ones. We still will ask questions that'll probably irritate Kirk if that happens. I just don't think it's gonna happen. No, I, I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna come out and seize control of this game early. And I, think, I just think they're going to win. I just think they're better than Northwestern. And Fitch can only do so much. That's just my, you know, call me a and homer. I, and I agree. Call me a homer. You're a homer. And I do think they're going to beat Illinois here because Illinois is not very good. They've had a couple moments where they've risen up and played. But consistently, I just don't see – I think Iowa's going to be able to stop Illinois' rushing attack from being dominant, and that's when Illinois struggles. And I just think Iowa's a better team. You win those two games, there's eight wins right there. And then, of course, the the – they are so fortunate they're not going to Minneapolis. If they were playing that game in Minneapolis, I'd probably pick Minnesota. I would too.
3: Oh, for sure. But
5: it's here, and like Donnie said, Iowa's had Minnesota's number. So this schedule is so favorable. Once you can get past the gloom and doom of losing these last two games, you'll start to realize you know, there's still a chance to have a 9-10, 11-win season. There really is. Yeah. I think their odds of going 10-2 and two are better than average.
2: Yeah, I agree. I really do. <clears throat> I really listened to the uh, city game in Minneapolis we're just we just blow in there. Uh wow. it's just it was amazing. Jan said, Why is why is this coming in? <laughs> I said, legit. I said, Well, that's what all that money went to. <laughs> but yeah, we're just blowing uh,
3: blowing doors off yeah. up there. Good. Send some sales reps up there. Yeah.
2: Well <laughs> We're number one, right? <laughs> Yeah, we came well, out here uh, we are yeah we came out uh, we're number one and, we're the one again here we're like georgia right we're, yeah i put then we're very defensive I, too I, so i put the uh and jimmy street uh, came out uh, number one as well i saw that uh in in plumbing i put i put that up on our on our page and on our twitter and some guy from twitter and we got a bunch of you know likes and everything and then some guy goes well i think you suck <laughs> well, you must listen to come
5: up with that opinion. That's right. <laughs> You're not going to be able to say whether we suck or not if you don't listen. Well, people do I, though.
2: I expected one.
5: Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, it's almost 11. Are we done?
3: Um, yeah. I mean,
5: oh, I Iowa know. soccer. They did win yesterday, one to nothing. They're in the semis. Um, they beat Michigan State. Yesterday. I assume
3: they played the number one um, seed.
5: I tweeted. I am not sure who they. Because number
3: one was playing number eight
5: see um i'm calling it up on hawk fanatic right now um, let's see the fifth seeded you uh, the
2: hawks fanatics
5: let's see up next defending big 10 champions will advance the final well, they will face the winner of sunday's game between rutgers and wisconsin who won do we i mean i don't I know don't. who won I don't. but they played and that's thursday november 4th at a location to still be determined so good luck to soccer this person's
3: gonna know Hello? Can I bring it back to football for a minute? Uh, Sure. If if we played every game from the start of the season like
4: we play now, what would our record be?
6: Uh,
5: If we played every game from the start of the season now. The way
3: we played now? I mean, not getting any... Creating turnovers and giving up the ball—he's really failing.
2: Well, that's flailing. hard to
5: say because the opponent has yeah. something to do with that. He's flailing, and they would—they uh, would not struggle as much against Colorado State and Kent State because it's physically impossible. But yeah, that, I don't like that question. Don't I would say
3: him... if if Iowa State had played error-free with no turnovers, they probably would have won the game, but but they didn't. But they didn't. So, and the same with Indiana.
5: So fake Ackerman, not—you can do He's better. He's
3: just not. Yeah, not today.
2: No.
5: And, you know, no. that's how you lose, number one, when people like he's that stroking don't bring
2: out. it. Yeah. You know, he continues, we need another fake Ackerman. <laughs> you, if he continues to struggle, Captain, we Can baby, we put in a second
3: fake Ackerman? Put in the substitute fake Ackerman?
5: Because <laughs> yeah. you worry second about him struggling, fake fake and then, like, next year you finish second to Burton Ernie or something. <laughs> yeah. Fake Ackerman needs to do his part. Yeah. Don Patterson brings it every Monday. Fire fake Fire fake
2: What do you think of that? (laughs) (laughs) All
3: right. Just kidding. Everyone have a good, safe day. Okay. uh, Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.